is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Alley Cat. Be a part of the family. Hey guys, it's Allie with the Mulberry Lane Show, along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. And guess what? It's time for another episode of the Mulberry Lane Show. So glad you guys are here with us today. We've got a jam-packed show full of very unique artists you're going to love getting to know. All right, sisters, let's get to those guests. The Mulberry Lane Show's on, celebrity story songs, you're gonna have it going on, when we tell you who's stopping by now. Up first, it's been 10 years since musical legend Dan Fogelberg has passed on, and today we celebrate Dan's legacy, he brought you these songs. The leader of the band is dead, and his eyes are growing old, There've been fishes in the ocean And it's running for the roses As fast as you can Well today, Gene Fogelberg, his wife, and his longtime producer, Norbert Putnam, join your weekend to tell you all about the brand new album called A Tribute to Dan Fogelberg. Now this album is jam-packed full of star-studded artists who have covered Dan Fogelberg songs, including Garth Brooks, Donna Summer, The Eagles, Michael McDonald, The Zac Brown Band, Amy Grant, and Vince Gill. They've all put their spin on their favorite Dan Fogelberg song. You're going to get a really good behind-the-scenes look at the making of this album, the ups and downs of it coming together, and how this album has been in the works for over seven years. So it's a masterpiece of Dan's beautiful work, and you guys are going to love hearing all about it. Who's next, Allie? All right, Rachel, next up is author Erica Sanchez. Now, her latest book, I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter, is long listed for a National Book Award. She's a Fulbright scholar and a new, important voice in the YA genre. You're going to hear today from Erica about how she was inspired to write this book, her writing journey, and how you're going to be absorbed by this story. We're excited for you to hear this one. Okay, Rachel, who's next? Well, then you guys are going to meet one of the premier rappers in the local music scene. Jay Crum is here. Now, he's really helped build the rap scene here in Omaha. You're going to hear all about that, plus his upcoming CD release. This is his second album. It's called Flawed Release Party this Sunday, November 19th, 8 p.m. at the Reverb Lounge in Omaha. This guy is very inspirational. You're going to hear about his musical journey. Yes, and Joshua Crum, a.k.a. Jay Crum, this new album was mixed and mastered by Grammy-nominated engineer Rick Carson. So he's put together a really solid team for this album, and you guys are going to dig getting to know Jay Crum today. That's right. And finally, singer-songwriter Daniel Christian joins your weekend once again to tell you about his latest project. You guys are going to love the title of his two-set album. The first one was released earlier this summer. That one was called Coffee. And this Tuesday, the second part of the album will be released. 
This one's called Toast. So coffee and toast, we love it. (laughs) Check out Daniel for his EP release party on Tuesday, November 21st in Lincoln at a place called The Space. The event kicks off at 7 p.m. He'll be playing both albums top to bottom, and you guys are going to hear all about his new record label out of South Carolina, the creative process behind this album, and some very yummy goodies you'll get if you come to the show. Very original, too. Yeah. So stay tuned for Daniel later on in the show. Okay, so before we kick off the show, Allie, Clover has a new mantra. Yes, she does. So my four-year-old has started saying this phrase around the house. She says, nobody's perfect, like all the time. So I'll be like, Clover, can you pick up your jacket? And she'll be like, nobody's perfect. Hey, she knows how to use it. Yes, she does. So it's also cute because she's kind of saying this when we're out and about. We were out eating the other night and the waitress came up and she's like, so what would you like to drink? And Clover looked in her eyes and said, nobody's perfect. And the waitress was like, oh my gosh, I totally needed to hear that today. I've had like the worst day. Four-year-old philosopher. Yes, four-year-old philosopher. So I thought I would just use Clover's example to remind you this week with Thanksgiving and all the hustle and bustle that goes with it that nobody's perfect. You know what? I need that too since I'm fixing Thanksgiving dinner and I'm so way behind. When you show up at my house on Thursday, just remember, nobody's perfect, okay? Okay. (laughs) I'll remember that. Okay, well, we'll be right back here on the Mulberry Lane Show with a tribute to singer-songwriter Dan Fogelberg, who could be said is nearly perfect in the artistic sense. Yes. So joining you right now will be Dan's widow, Jean Fogelberg, and his longtime producer, Norbert Putnam, telling you all about the brand new album, A Tribute to Dan Fogelberg, which features a star-studded lineup. So meet us right back here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. behind the songs back to the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane thanks for keeping it here on the mulberry lane show brought to you by braddock finnegan dermatology well 10 years ago the world lost musical visionary and legend dan fogelberg but his songs including longer old lang syne run for the roses and leader of the band live on and continue to set the gold standard for lyrical and musical poetry now, Dan's wife, Jean Fogelberg, and longtime producer, Norbert Putnam, join your weekend now to tell you all about the long-awaited A Tribute to Dan Fogelberg, which features artists like Garth Brooks, Amy Grant, Train, and Zach Brown Band. You guys are going to hear all about it right now. It's on the street, have you heard? A tribute to Dan Fogelberg. Thank you. Great to have you with us. Good to be here. Okay, now, Norbert, how long has this album been in the works? Uh, two and a half weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Something tells me no. (laughs) Seven years and seven months. Wow. And two hours and 21 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And counting. Dan loved the concert for George. That was for George Harrison, and I wanted to do something similar. And after stumbling around for about a year and a half of trying to make that happen, I met Norbert, and Norbert said, what if we did the CD first and did the concert second? And then we pulled in Irving Azoff, and then it took off from there. Okay, so now I'm sure you had to have artists lining up to be a part of this. So how did you choose who would be part of this project? 
Actually, at the time, Sony was in charge of the project, and Sony wanted big names. So there were some lesser-known bands that we would love to have had, but Sony wasn't willing to because we had a budget. So they would just express an interest. We'd say, do your favorite song and do it your way and, and let them go. So the artists chose their favorite Dan Fogelberg song to sing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. did any of them you know, want to do the same song? Were there any fights as to who would sing what? There were no fights. Everybody was very good. But there were a few times when someone wanted to record a song that was already taken. Um, Richie Furey wanted to do Don't Lose Heart, but Dobie mm-hmm. Gray was already recording it. So he went on to do uh, Run for the Roses with okay. Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Okay. So Norbert, you know, having been Dan's longtime producer and friend, what was it like to see these versions of Dan's work come to life? Oh, it was great. Well, first of all, we never had a casting call. We would literally, Gene and I would try to think of someone. We wanted major art, okay, hopefully contemporaries of Dan, to do these records. And I had met Garth Brooks at an awards event 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he came over to tell me how important Dan Fogelberg was when he was in college, when he was just developing his talent. Okay. And when Gene and I first talked, he was one of the first names to come up. I was trying to get Allison Krauss. We didn't get her, but while I was stalking Allison Krauss, I bumped into Vince Gill. Uh-huh. <laughs> I always heard Longer as a duet, and I asked him if he would do that with Amy. He was kind of positive about it, but um, he didn't really commit. And then I got a call from his manager a few months later, and he decided to do it. Yeah, they did and a fabulous my, job on that song. Oh, it's a great take. You know? uh-huh. But it was sort of word of mouth, and people would call us. Well, we got Donna Summer through a friend, uh-huh. and she called up and wanted to do Netherlands. Uh-huh. And, uh, and and Michael McDonald, same thing. He called up, and he wanted to do a song that <laughs> the better change mm-hmm. was a song that neither Jane or I remembered. Okay. And we had to go back and look it up. Wow. And now that song spoke to him. Yeah. <laughs> and you know how much Dan Fogelberg's music has affected the public and so many people. But was it really cool to see how his songs and specific songs have affected other artists? Jean? It was. Train was probably the biggest surprise for me. You have people like Garth Brooks who mentioned Dan in many articles. But then you had someone like Train that you had no idea that Dan had influenced them. So that just fills my heart when I see some of these people that just say that they loved Dan's music and it influenced how they ended up doing their music. Right. If you've just joined us here on the Mulberry Lane Show, you're listening to Gene Fogelberg, widow of music legend Dan Fogelberg, and Dan's longtime producer Norbert Putnam, here talking about the star-studded tribute album called A Tribute to Dan Fogelberg. So now, Jean, this album had to be kind of therapy for you. And did you feel like you discovered anything new about Dan throughout this process that you didn't know? Um, not really about Dan. I learned a lot about the music business. Norbert okay. <laughs> <laughs> said, you know, this is a lot of people. It's probably going to take us a year and a half, you know, to get all these people together. Since then, in the following seven years, Norbert would say, now, Gene, we're never doing another tribute CD, right? <laughs> I, I totally agree. It was pretty nerve-wracking at, you know, many points and frustrating. Push, push, push. But these people, some of them were on world tours. And right. all we could do was wait. It's a benefit. You know, we're not paying these people. The music is going to help finance research for the Prostate Cancer Foundation. So you can't push. You just have to say, okay, whenever you do, it's great. But if you could do it sooner, that would be even greater. So now, did you feel Dan's presence throughout this at all? No, I, I really feel that Dan has gone on to something else. Okay. 
that was our deal. I was never going to sit here and mope and say, come back to me. I want you here. Um, Dan was just ready to go. And when he left, boy, he just he just shot out of here. Okay. And Norbert, did you feel Dan's well, presence? There was a magical moment for me. Uh, Donna Summer wants to do Netherlands, this big orchestral thing. And she agrees that she can sing it in Dan's key. And I can't get her in the studio. I, you know, we couldn't push these people, but I would call Donna or her husband every two or three months and say, do you think it's possible next month? And I think it took a year and a half or two years. Wow. And she was always busy. Right? Uh-huh. And suddenly one day my phone rings. And I'm in Tennessee and she's in California. She says, can you fly out here tomorrow? I'm a good boy. <gasps> I was in bed with the flu and a fever of 101. Wow. I said, Donna, I, I said, I can't come. But just pick a studio you like and an engineer. I'll send out the track, and you do it and send it to her. Well, she she called David Foster. He said, you can use my studio. And she went in the next day. You know, the world we operate in now is Pro Tools, where all the music's recorded digitally. Uh And so the next day, I get the vocal stem, which is just her track, at my house in Tennessee. I go down to my studio basement, and I pull her vocal into Dan's track. Okay. Uh-huh. And I called my wife down, and we played it, and we both had goosebumps. All over. We couldn't speak after it was over. She was such a master. And I thought, if Dan could be here, maybe he is here, I'd give anything for him to hear this vocal. Wow. Uh, it still makes me cry when I hear it. Wow. Yeah, such a beautiful uh, process, the whole thing. It was. Uh-huh. It was, uh, especially looking back on it now. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. So now the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band described Dan as a song painter, you know, and he was more than a singer-songwriter. He really did paint the pictures, and you felt there. So have either of you been able to distill that process? How was he able to do that? <laughs> well, I'd love to be able to answer you with, with a great musical answer, but, uh, you know, his father was a fantastic musician. He actually played in uh, the great band that Bing Crosby mm-hmm. traveled with. But his mother and father were both musicians. There's some DNA involved here, I think, okay? Uh-huh. I'm sure. Because he did have piano lessons when he was young, but by the time he got into playing the guitar, he couldn't read music anymore. He sort of dropped that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I would watch him go from classical to bluegrass to Brazilian Jobim music without ever taking a breath. And, uh, that was his it, it brilliance. Was like, there wasn't any music that really confused him, let uh-huh. me put it that way. He just understood it. He wanted to be in music. His father said, well, you should really take lessons. So he set up Dan with a guitar teacher. And um, one day, the guitar teacher was late, and Dan was working out the intro to um, Day Tripper. And the teacher walked in and said, oh, I've been wanting to learn that. Will you show that to me? Wow. He taught the teacher. I guess we shouldn't be paying for lessons anymore because I'm teaching the teacher. Wow. That says it all. All right. We want to thank you guys for joining the show today. A beautiful tribute album. Thank you for bringing it to us. Thank you, Rachel and the leader of the band is dead and his eyes are growing old But his blood runs through my instrument and his song is in my soul Jane Fogelberg and producer Norbert Putnam here on the Mulberry Lane Show talking about the brand new album, A Tribute to Dan Fogelberg. When we come back, you're going to meet up-and-coming author Erica Sanchez. Be right back on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. And here's Dan Fogelberg's song, Longer, sung by Vince Gill and Amy Grant from the new album, A Tribute to Dan Fogelberg. Moment. 
To the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, Erica Sanchez's new novel, I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter, is an empowering contemporary story about a girl who refuses to embrace a traditional role. Now, the book is full of heart, reality, surprises, and depth. And Erica joins your weekend right now to tell you what inspired the book and why this is a necessary read in today's world. Welcome, welcome to the show, Erica Sanchez. Wow, I've never had an introduction like that. Thank you. Glad to have you with us. Yeah, yeah. I am excited to be talking about this book. Yes. First, I want to know, before we talk about the origin of the story, how much of you is in Julia, the main character? Yeah, people always want to know that. (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of me in her, for sure, but it's very much fiction. You know, I can't really say what's real and what is not. I was also a very troubled, snarky teenager, that's for sure. Okay, so um, just give a brief synopsis of the book without giving it away. Yeah, so the book is a coming-of-age story of a young girl named Julia Reyes, who is growing up in Chicago, and the book begins with the death of her sister, and throughout the book, she is grappling with this loss and trying to understand who her sister was, and in the process, understanding herself and her family and, you know, just going through normal teenage things, you know. So now you've been a writer for Rolling Stone, Salon, and Paris Review, but your dream has always been to write young adult fiction. So how did you go about bringing that to reality? Yeah, oh man, I've been at it for a long time. I started writing when I was 12, Okay. and I'm 33 now. And um, I have been a poet um, ever since I was a kid also, and that dream came true also recently. My book of poetry came out this summer. And so I had always imagined that I would write a novel, but it seemed like such a daunting task. But I was approached by some producers that had asked me if I had ever written a novel because they were reading my work online. I had a blog. And with that, I just kind of catapulted into writing uh, the novel. Um, Now, had you been carrying around the story for a while or did it kind of come to you when the opportunity presented itself? It came to me um, when the opportunity presented itself. And the book has transformed since. Like in the beginning, it was three different points of view. It was based on the three women, the child, the mother, and the grandmother. And then I I changed it. I focused on the teenager. Okay. Were you guided that way or was that something that you felt the story was taking you a different way? 
Well, I had uh, shared what I had with an agent, and yeah. she's like, why don't you just focus on Julia? And I hadn't really considered that, but mm-hmm. it was the right call. I had a lot of guidance along the way. I had really great feedback from people, and my editors at Penguin are amazing. My agent's amazing, and so like they helped make it the best possible story. And then do you ever have an editor, or have you ever gotten a piece of advice with this novel in particular? where you thought, no, I'm not feeling that. I'm going to go a different direction. Or was it just pretty much smooth sailing? Uh, With this particular book, very smooth sailing. Even when I disagreed at first with some of the comments and edits, the more I thought about it, I was like, oh, damn, they're right. And so, yeah, I just kind of accepted it, that their expertise was really on point. And I'm so grateful because there have been times where I've gotten feedback from an editor that I completely disagree with, and it's uncomfortable. That's hard. And sometimes it's hard to know when to listen to your gut and when to actually be humble enough to say, oh, they are right. It's hard to know. Yeah. What voice to listen to. Definitely. Well, right now you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, and we're talking with author Erica Sanchez about her new book, I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter. So now this book is long listed for a National Book Award, so that has got to feel amazing. When do you find out? Yeah, it's so exciting. Um, I find out that the award ceremony, so I didn't realize that it was like the Oscars, so I'll find out there. Okay, so do you have to get all dressed up and attend? I do. I have to go find a dress, and I don't even know how I'm going to find the time because I'm touring like crazy. (laughs) Those are good problems to have, though, right? It is. (laughs) So now you were a sex and love advice columnist for Cosmopolitan for Latinas for three years. So what did you learn on that job? That was really fun. I learned that women are often afraid to ask for what they want. Okay. And that's really unfortunate that we're afraid of our own sexuality when, you know, I don't see why that has to be. I mean, being a sexual person is is part of being a person. Being a person, right. Yeah. And And then seeing that common trait in women, did that help you or were you always the kind, you know, to even ask for what you want even outside of the bedroom? Oh, yeah, yeah. To a lot of people's chagrin, I've always been very assertive, and not everyone likes that quality in a woman. Uh Right. So then also being this columnist, did this make you focus on different types of things in your novel? Yeah, I think uh, the column informed a lot of my writing, and the things that I learned were really incredible, and so I think that is evident in the novel. It spills into that, yeah. Mm -hmm. So now, what would you tell your 12-year-old writer self, starting out writer, if you could give her advice from where you are now, what would you tell her? Oh, man. I'd probably tell her to dress better, first of all. Um, and Wouldn't second. we all tell our 12-year-old selves that, right? Yeah. And also, I think it's important to know that the road to success is really, really difficult and to make friends with rejection and to do it out of the sheer love of writing. That's what I tell young people. Like, do it only because you absolutely love it, not because you expect fame. Okay. Yeah. So now, do you absolutely love writing Was there ever a point when it got stressful or difficult that you fell out of love with it and had to fall in love again? 
Yeah, it happened a lot because being a writer is just full of rejection and people don't always love your work and you have to just deal with that. And also making a living is really, really hard as a writer. Like, how the hell are you going to make money? <laughs> you know. Right. So I had many times that I had to take jobs that I really did not want. But uh, um, I, support I your to habit. <laughs> yeah, and so I had to write on the side and I sacrificed my weekends and my uh-huh. evenings and people would ask me, you know, do you want to go out to get a drink? And I'd be like, no, I have to go home and write. And it's really uncool (laughs) to be that person. But who's cool now, right? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And then uh, will you have a follow-up novel to this one? Well, I'm working on a book of essays right now, and so that's almost finished. I'm also working on a secret project that I can't really talk about, but soon I will reveal what it is. And I'm just, I'm all over the place. I'm touring a lot. Yeah, you probably don't know if you're coming or going right now. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to fall asleep standing up like a bird (laughs) at some point. All right, well, it's great to catch up with you, and when that secret project can be revealed, you'll have to come back and tell us all about it. Sure, thank you so much. If people want to follow you, is the best place to do it on Twitter? Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, I'm at Erica L. Sanchez. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Erica. Thank you. Author Erica Sanchez with her brand new book, I Am Not Your Perfect, A Mexican Daughter. We'll be right back with local rapper Jay Crum. He's got an album release to tell you about. Keep it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. We've got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, Joshua Crum, better known as Jay Crum, has a CD release party you guys don't want to miss. Now, it's Sunday, November 19th at the Reverb Lounge in Omaha. You're going to hear all about the new release called Flawed and the concert featuring, of course, Jay Crum and the roster of Streetlight Sounds. Jay Crum of Streetlight Sounds, come hear what Flawed is all about. That was pretty impressive. That's probably the best intro I've ever got. That was awesome. Awesome. It's great to have you on the show. You've got an exciting weekend this weekend. Now, Flawed follows your first release, which was Black Sheep. And you really feel that as an artist, you have really grown with this album. So what can people expect from this new album? Well, absolutely. So with the, with the new album, it really shows a lot more of myself. Okay. And what I'm kind of about, and my successes, my failures, my flaws, <laughs> as uh-huh. it's entitled. I just feel like I've grown not only as an artist, but as a person. Now, you want to uplift and give a positive message, but it's definitely not sugar-coated. So, what's, right. what's the message you want to convey? Uh, my message is this, is that even though we mess up, and, and even though we sometimes fail at things, to not give up, even through those things, we can still be used to do great things. That's kind of the big message that I have behind it. Where did the inspirational part come from for you? Well, a lot of it drives from my faith. That's kind of how I've grown up. And so it's not necessarily something where I kind of set out and like, hey, I'm just going to talk about my faith. But it's something that is so part of my life that it kind of comes out and everything. But a lot of the hope and everything like that comes from that. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to the beginning, did you find music or did music find you? You know, uh, honestly, I can say that music found me. I had just gotten over being really, really sick. When I had returned to school, I had a lot of study halls because I had a tutor that came to my house while I was sick, and I kind of caught up, and I got ahead. And so when I returned, I had free study halls, and I was bored, and I didn't know what else to do. Music just kind of found me. Like, it just 
it kind of came into my life and started writing lyrics and everything like that. And it wasn't something that I had always like wanted to do. I'd always loved music, but it was something like, man, with all this time, let's give it some you had purpose. To fill it with so, something. Right. Right. Awesome. So now, right. what is the music scene here like for a rapper? There's a lot of talented rappers here. A lot that I actually have on my team now uh, okay. with Streetlight Sounds. We have like one of my best friends, Mula B, Greco, T Vision, uh, Walt Fortune. We have a lot of great producers. Um, but then there's also, you know, you have like uh, Marcy Yates, Sky Reed with both. It's becoming quite a scene for rappers here. It is. Uh-huh. It is, absolutely. More than anything now, people are really starting to link up and unite and not pull each other down. I think for a while we kind of had like a crab in a bucket mentality where it's like, oh, well, you know, no, 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 don't get too big. We'll pull you down. I think now people are starting to realize that, look, you know, a victory for you doesn't mean it's a loss for me. And so I'm really excited to see where this all goes. In the middle of your weekend here on the Mulberry Lane Show with Jay Crum, rap artist whose brand new album called Flawed will be released this weekend. So now who of Streetlight Sounds is going to be on the show Sunday? Yeah, everybody I mentioned, everybody's going to be there. There's going to be a full band. I'm super excited about the show. Now, this album was mixed and mastered by Grammy-nominated Rick Carson and produced by Tori Hook. So what did they bring to the project? Tori produced everything. And so we worked closely with each other on the sounds and just knowing what kind of vibe we wanted to give. I had worked with Tori for a while now, and we've been friends for a long time. It was really easy for us to really just kind of work off of each other on what we wanted. You can finish each and other's then, musical sentences, basically. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so I was like, hey, man, I wanted to sound like this. And, you know, I was like, I just looked like a weird noise and stuff. And he's like, I got you, bro. And he would send it to me. He would have it, like, That's exactly awesome. like I wanted it. Yeah. So, yeah, it, <laughs> it was awesome. Joshua Gene Greco, who also goes by the name Greco, he recorded the project. And he was great with suggestions like, hey, man, you should say it like this, or, you know, have your vocal inflections like this, or this. Yeah, and, and so it's he funny was really how little things like that can make a huge difference in how it's Yeah, it does, yeah. it does, yeah. And then Rick was the one that mixed and mastered it and made it sound amazing. He works with a lot of really big artists, and so the fact that he gave it the time and attention that he did, that meant a lot to me. He's just a really, really down-to-earth guy, so. You do a lot of videos for your music. Where do the concepts come from? They're really well done. Do you fill them all here? Yep, all the ones that we did for the Fall Project, we did that here in the city. And uh, I do that with my friend, uh, Timmy Vogel. We kind of came up with the concept. I was like, hey, man, I really want to do like a six-part series for this project. I want it all to kind of tell a story. And so we got together in July, actually, and storyboarded and began filming in the middle of July. Wow. We got pretty much all of them done within a week. Like, little parts that we needed to add or edit, we did in the next coming months. He's amazing. He's a whiz at it. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like you've got a great creative team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now, what do you hope people come away with at the CD release concert? I want it to be a unique way to experience the project. Like I said, we have a full band. Some of the songs are going to sound a little bit different. Some of them are going to sound bigger. We changed some arrangements and everything. So I'm really excited to, for people to really kind of see some of these tracks reinterpreted. Uh-huh. I always wanted it to be a unique experience between the album and the live the concert. concert. Sure. Uh, just to add extra incentive for coming. And so uh, I think people are going to be very surprised. I think people are going to walk away feeling hopefully uh, excited and uplifted uh, with this experience. That's awesome. Before we let you go... How do you warm up before your concert? Okay, so 
I listen to music. I usually won't listen to myself. I have like this kind of pre-show playlist that I like to play. I do vocal warm-ups, um, like lip trills and stuff like that. People are like, what are you doing? I'm like, don't judge my process, don't judge my process. You know, drinking hot water, stuff like that, just to kind of prepare. So. Okay, and then where can people yeah. learn more about you and your projects, Streetlight Sounds? Absolutely. So you can go to streetlightsounds.com or you can go to officialjcrumb.com and you can find more about the team, what we're about, what we're trying to do all the upcoming projects okay well josh we want to thank you so much for joining the show make sure you guys check out the cd release party sunday november 19th the reverb lounge in omaha and you'll have to come back and visit us again when the next project is out absolutely thank you so much jay crumb this sunday night gotta check him out in concert with his album release coming up next regional singer songwriter daniel christian keep it here on the mulberry lane show brought to you by braddock finnegan dermatology but I'm more than a conqueror The enemy be a conjurer Trying to conjure up A bunch of ways to demolish rough Do anything get it take to admonish ya But you know I live this life as a wanderer Blacklisted by the popular Not a commoner And counter commas they ain't kind to us Kind of close with how they blind to us If they see it then they're different Then they bind us up I put the vices up Take my advice Put the vices up They're getting kings since your prices bruh Can't manifest with the prices bruh So the only kept the price for us Bringing you the stories behind the songs. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, you've met him here before. Regional singer-songwriter Daniel Christian is back with part two of his two-part album released by Tremulant Records. Now, the first one was released this past summer. It was called Coffee. And there's one releasing on Tuesday, and it's called Toast. And you can catch him live on Tuesday in Lincoln at The Space. So you guys are going to hear all about Coffee and Toast right now. Welcome, welcome to the show, Daniel Christian. Thank you so much. I've been looking forward to hearing you sing me on all week. Oh, great. <laughs> Good to have you back. Okay, so now since we've talked to you last, you have this deal with Tremulant Records. So talk about how that came about. And they're out of South Carolina? That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. They do have some Nebraska ties, but they are in Charleston, South Carolina, and they came to me in the beginning of 2015, and I was sort of uh, stalled out a little bit. I wasn't sure what I was going to do next, and they said, well, why don't we make a project together? Why don't we do a record? And Those are um, always so started, nice words to hear, aren't they? Oh, it was so encouraging. You know, when you don't know what's next, it's nice to have somebody that believes in you say, no, let's just do something, and they gave me a lot of time. I spent probably the year writing songs, and then we spent another year or so recording those songs. And now here it is 2017, and uh, we decided to release the record in two parts. Okay, and, and what prompted so, that decision? Well, to be honest, I got some advice from a good friend of mine who uh, used to be an A&R guy at Capitol Records, and he said, you know, if you were my guy, I'd probably tell you that you should split this in half. Okay. Um, it's a great way to make sure people are listening closely to every song as opposed to getting lost uh, in the back of the album somewhere. You can just really give a lot of attention to each tune. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And he also thought it would keep the narrative alive all year and give people something to look forward to. So uh, and it's kind of worked out that way. I have to say he was right because for several months people have been saying, okay, we like coffee, now where's toast? So, uh -huh. so uh -huh. how did you settle on the coffee and toast title? I love <laughs> that, that came, by the way. That came from another friend of mine so I, I take a lot of advice as you can tell uh, <laughs> sounds like you get good advice too yeah i think so i've got a lot of real supportive friends and clever friends and you know the idea just came from the, the first collection is really a just a bunch of songs about
about the beginnings of relationships, or maybe relationships that sort of fizzled out early. And uh, we were thinking about metaphors for that, and we thought about coffee being, you know, sort of a morning or a new beginning or the energy, the caffeinated uh, high that you have when you just embark on a brand new relationship. And then the other half of the record that we're releasing on Tuesday is entirely uh, composed of breakup songs. Okay. And so that album is called Toast. It could be burnt toast, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's right. <laughs> I just love that concept. It's so cool. So oh, now, thanks. where did you record? Uh, we recorded in Lincoln, okay. in a place called Your Working Boy Studio, which is uh, a guy named Mark Hansen, a good friend of mine and a great engineer and producer. We did a few things. We tracked drums at a place called Studio PH with Christopher Steffen. Okay. And uh, a lot of it was done uh, back in South Carolina as well. So we, we were kind of everywhere. So you traveled back and forth? <laughs> well, a little bit. They actually, uh, with technology, we don't have to travel as much as we used to. But yeah, we've so the music, you're, you're, traveled back and forth. Your voice, your voice traveled back and forth. Back and forth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> For sure. Uh-huh. Well, right now you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, and we're talking with original singer-songwriter Daniel Christian. This Tuesday night, November 21st, he's releasing the second part of his two-part EP called Coffee and Toast. He's going to be in Lincoln in concert at a place called The Space. So check it out. Okay, now tell what people can expect from the concert Tuesday in Lincoln at The Space. And tell us about The Space. The Space is a great little room. They rent it out for uh, receptions and things like that. They have church services in there. It's a really versatile place. We're going to set up on stage with our full band. You won't just get me. You'll get the drums and the guitar solos and everything. Okay. We're going to play both records start to finish. We're going to play through coffee, and we're going to play through toast. And maybe we'll take a couple of requests, too. Who knows? But it's totally free, so we'd love to see some folks come and check out the new team. And what time does it start, Tuesday? It starts at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. Okay. Great. What a fun experience. If people haven't attended something where they hear an album from front to back, it's really fun to Mm -hmm. hear it that way. Yeah, I hope so. And it's a lot of fun to hear the songs with the energy of a band, too, because these are all kind of pop rock songs, power pop tunes, and, you know, there's just nothing more fun than that with a live band. Will you be serving coffee and toast? You know, it's funny you mention that. My mom told me recently that she's going to bring coffee to provide for everyone, and she's going to bring cinnamon toast crunch cereal snacks. (laughs) That is so awesome. That is so cool. Kudos to your mom. That's right. That's great. I love cinnamon toast crunch without milk. It's like awesome. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Me too. Okay, so now will you be touring with this album? Yeah, once we get through uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, the next week I'll be... um, Hitting the road just sort of in Nebraska, I'll be in Minden, and I'll be in Columbus, and Albion, and I'll be in Valentine with the band for a Christmas show. Awesome. And And where can people learn about your travel schedule, especially our listeners out in Nebraska? Oh, sure. I'd I'd love it if they wanted to just check out the website, danielchristianmusic.com, or, you know, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and all the stuff you're supposed to be on when you're an independent musician and Twitter and all that stuff. That's great. And I always enjoy following you on social media because you always have very fun and clever posts that make me laugh. Oh, gosh, that's awful kind of you. (laughs) (laughs) And one more question before we go. Do you have a favorite track on coffee and toast? Oh, boy, what a great question. It's tough to choose. I think uh, the band is awfully fond of a song called Juliana, which is on the Coffee record. Okay. And I know the label is fond of a song called Stand Still from the Toast record. So, okay. Um, One from each. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Dan, as always, it's great to catch up with you. And on your next project, you'll have to stop back. Bye. Uh, it means a lot. Thank you, ladies, and uh, have a great day. Thanks, okay, Daniel. and check out the show Tuesday in Lincoln at The Space, 7 p.m. On the day I walk.
hurt you like I did Songwriter Daniel Christian. Make sure you check out his two releases this year, Coffee and Toast. And be there this Tuesday, November 21st, in Lincoln at The Space, 7 p.m. It's the release of the second part of this two part project, Toast. Daniel, thanks for joining us today. It was so much fun. Who else do we need to thank, sisters? Okay, well, big hugs to author Erica Sanchez. Her book, I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter, has been long listed for a National Book Award. Yes, and it's great to see diverse voices in the literary world. Erica, thanks for joining the show, and congratulations on your success. Who else, Allie? Well, high fives to regional rapper Jay Crumb. He has a CD release party this Sunday night. It's the release of the album Flawed. It's 8 p.m. Reverb Lounge in Omaha. You guys are in for a great night of inspirational music. Jay Crumb is the real deal. Hope you guys check it out. Joshua, thanks for joining the show today and bringing your vision and your music to the Mulberry Lane Show. Woo! And finally, it's been 10 years since musical legend Dan Fogelberg passed away. And today you heard from Gene Fogelberg, Dan's wife, and Norbert Putnam, his longtime producer, telling you all about the tribute album, A Tribute to Dan Fogelberg, featuring just a star-studded cast of musical greats. And guys, make sure you check out this album. Gene and Norbert, thank you so much for bringing this project to the Mulberry Lane Show and sharing Dan's beautiful musical legacy with us. Okay, guys, that wraps up another week. And this being the precursor to Thanksgiving week, we just want to send a shout out your way and say we are thankful for you. And thanks for tuning in every week and hanging out with us and sharing in the music, the arts, and the magic. Yes, love you guys. And we'll see you same time, same place next weekend. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie. Don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. Woo! Yeah. 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 Yeah.